Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast NCAA Tournament Bracket Preview is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new door, new set of windows can do a lot of things for you. can totally change the look and the feeling and the vibe of your home. Plus, it can add value to your home and make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the very special edition of the Nick Bob Podcast Bracket Preview is brought to you by my good pals at Runza. If you haven't done it, how dare you? It would be a great thing to eat while you're watching the NCAA Tournament. The all-new Reuben Runza sandwich is available at all Runza locations. Everything you love about a Reuben Runza wrapped up inside the greatness of a Runza sandwich. So get to Runza today and try the new Reuben Runza. And while you're there, tell them your pal, your buddy, your BFF, Nick Ba sent you. All right, NCAA tournament is set, and in this podcast, I'm going to be previewing the East region. I'm going to pick every single game. Yeah, like every single game. So buckle up, sit back, get ready. Here we go. In the East region, Michigan is your number one seed. And some quick thoughts on Michigan. This is a team that I've seen in person twice, and I love them. But the Isaiah Livers injury is a big blow and a big concern. He is uh, He's out indefinitely with what they called a stress injury. I suppose it's possible that he comes back. Maybe if they get out of the first weekend and get to the, like, but who knows? And this is a big blow. You look at Livers, he was banged up and missed some time last season. So when you look at Michigan with and without Isaiah Livers, there's a difference. Think about this. Michigan with Isaiah Livers is thir- over the last two years is 33 and nine. Michigan without Isaiah Livers over the last two years is six and seven. So I actually think because of this injury, Michigan might be the most vulnerable of all the one seeds in the tournament, but man, I like this team a lot. Damn, I like this team a lot. I admit they're, they just they are a good team, man. I'll get some more deeper into them as we uh, we preview these things. So, uh, one sixteen game, Michigan's going to take on the winner of Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Uh, I don't know, I'll pick Texas Southern to uh, to win that game, and they will have the opportunity to get their brains beat out by uh, Michigan. I'll have Michigan uh, winning that game in the one sixteen. It's going to be a blowout. Don't need to elaborate much beyond for this matchup. So let's go to the eight nine game. St. Bonaventure, the Bonnies, taking on LSU. St. Bonaventure, they're the A-10 regular season and tournament champs. They're not a very deep team. They don't have much of a bench, but the, the, the starting five is, is an older group, and they're pretty good. They're very balanced on both ends of the floor when you look at their numbers and you watch them play. But the reality is I think LSU is just more talented when you just go body for body. LSU is one of, is one of those teams, if you watch them, if you catch them or watch them on a certain night, you're like, damn, this team is good. Holy crap. And if you probably watch that 
the SEC tournament championship game against Bama, man, LSU was going toe-to-toe with Bama. LSU's got the fifth-ranked offense, according to Ken Palm. They are a heavy ISO team. According to, uh, according to the, the advanced numbers, the, the m- most isolations in the tournament, most ISOs. So interesting to see how that will prevail in the tournament here. I think it's a great game, but I'm just going to go with the more talented roster, so I'm going to go with LSU. 5-12 game, Colorado-Georgetown. And nobody loves the Georgetown story more than I do, man. I love Patrick Ewing. He's been fun to get to know, being able to cover him a little bit with Fox and the Big East. And college basketball is just better when Georgetown is good. And they are hot. Most teams, when they had a COVID pause, they they really struggled coming out of it. Somehow the, the three-week COVID pause like changed Georgetown's season. Since their COVID pause in, in mid to late January, this team is 10-4, and four. and the only teams that have beaten Georgetown since coming off COVID pause are Villanova, Creighton, and UConn, three NCAA tournament teams. And they were awesome in the Big East tournament. They won four games in four days. They lit up Creighton, lit the Blue Jays up in the conference tournament title game. But I'm just, I, unfortunately, I think the magical ride ends here. I'm not ready to give them the nod over Colorado. Tad Boyle's team is really good. Colorado's Ken Palm numbers. Look at this, 17th overall. 17th in offensive efficiency, 29th in defensive efficiency. They're, they're a really good team. McKinley Wright's a stud point guard for, for the Buffs. I think Georgetown's run comes to an end. Colorado's 6-1 in their last seven games. They lost a close one to Oregon State in the Pac-12 finals. I'm going to take Colorado to advance over Georgetown. The 4-13 game. Four-seeded Florida State, 13-seed UNC Greensboro. Listen, UNC Greensboro is tough. They have a guard who is freaky athletic. I'm blanking on his name right now. He he is an awesome athlete in the open floor. And Greensboro won the the, the Southern Conference Tournament. It's going to be a fun game. But I just think Florida State's size and length is going to overwhelm UNC Greensboro. Florida State is the tallest team in the country. They are number one in average height. I think Florida State dominates the paint, controls the glass, wins the game. I got Florida State moving on. For the play-in game in the 11-seed spot, you have Michigan State and UCLA, two blue bloods. My goodness. I've seen Michigan State live in person three times this year. And they're not, they're not great. Like, they're not, uh, they're not a vintage Michigan State type of team where you would see, you know, one or two or three pros on the floor. And they're, you know, I mean, and obviously they're in the freaking playing game, right? But say this out loud. Michigan State has beaten two number one seeds and a number two seed. Think about that. So, like, they are more, more than capable when they put it all together. And the guy that I think is really starting to put it all together is Aaron Henry. He's always kind of been their their best player and the guy that's needed to bring it all together, and he has over the last month. Plus, on the other side, UCLA's lost four in a row heading into the tournament. I just think the experience with Tom is on the sidelines, the toughness of the Spartans combined with Aaron Henry on the wing, lift Michigan State past UCLA, give me Sparty winning the play-in game. So then you have a 6-11 game with BYU as the sixth seed and Michigan State as the 11th seed. BYU is legit, man. Top 30 in both offensive and defensive efficiency in Ken Palm. They have great size. Seven foot three, Matt Harms down low, the Purdue transfer. Um, and it, here's the thing. BYU probably gave Gonzaga their best 
shot of the season. Like Gonzaga, Gonzaga was really close to losing that game. So that goes gives you an idea of how talented BYU is. I like this BYU team. But here's the thing. Feels like almost every year, feels like someone out of that play-in game makes a run. And I feel like it could be Michigan State this year. Michigan State's got the size and the depth with, I mean, they play about three or four different big guys. They can, you know, Thomas Kithier and Hauser and Bingham and, 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 Mati Sissoko and like they have they have four or five different guys they can throw out there to guard harms. Plus, they've seen him before battling with him at Purdue. I think that makes a difference. I think it's a great game. God, it hurts me to say it because I like BYU, but I'm going to take Michigan State in the upset coming out of that play-in game to make a run. The three seed versus the 14 seed. You got Texas versus Abilene Christian. Texas won the Big 12 tournament. This is Shaka Smart's best team at Texas. They're experienced. They're tough. They're the fourth most experienced team in the country. Jones and Coleman and Rainey and Jericho Sims, those guys are good, man. You look at Abilene Christian, they're really, really disruptive on defense. They force 20 turnovers a game, but I just think Texas is going to be ready to handle the basketball. They're not going to cough it up. Uh, I got Texas winning this one. The 7-10 game. Seven-seeded UConn Huskies. 10-seed Maryland Terrapins. I like UConn. I think UConn's really, really good. And the numbers back that up. Chew on this for a second. Since Ken Palm began in 2002, so, I mean, we're going on almost two decades here, only once, only one time, has the national champion not been top 25 in both its offensive and defensive efficiency rankings. Only one time. That outlier was UConn in 2014, by the way. But that's it. Only one time since Ken Palm started in 2002 as a national champion, not been in the top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency rankings. So if you're a believer in the numbers and believer in that trend, as we head into the NCAA tournament, there are only six teams that fall under that category. And guess who's one of them? UConn. UConn is. The other five, by the way, are Gonzaga, Michigan, Illinois, Houston, and Purdue. But UConn is in there. So if you're a believer in the numbers and believer in that trend, UConn could be really dangerous. And you, you look at this their season. James Booknight is back and healthy. He's their leading scorer, and he's a first-round draft pick. UConn is 11-3 with him in the lineup. Only teams to beat him are Creighton and Villanova. And the only thing that gives me a little concern right now is R.J. Cole is their starting point guard who's – really important for them, is in concussion protocol. He fell and he banged his head on the on the floor at Madison Square Garden in the semifinal game against Creighton. He's still in concussion protocol. That's something to keep an eye on because I do get worried if he can't play, that changes things a little bit. But when I look at this matchup against Maryland with UConn, they're two slow-paced, defensive-minded teams. So I expect a lower-scoring grinder of a game, and in games like that, Turnovers and offensive rebounds loom large. Maryland has a negative turnover margin for the season, and Maryland had a negative rebounding margin in Big Ten conference play. UConn's excellent on defense being disruptive. Excellent. And excellent on the glass as well. UConn's long and athletic. They can switch a lot of screens. They deny wing entries. They pressure you. They're tough. So I like UConn. Again, my only concern is R.J. Cole being in concussion protocol. If he's out, 
I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough when they try to go on this run here. So that certainly has something to monitor, but I, would, I take UConn over Maryland. All right, the two-seed Alabama Crimson Tide versus Rick Patino's Iona Gales. Get your popcorn ready for this one. I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, obviously Rick Patino, you know what his style is. They're going to full-court press, get after your ass. And Bama, if you haven't seen them play, oh, my God. They play fast. They attack. This game could be helter-skelter. Bama's playing great, and they will eventually roll Iona in advance to the second round. Second round, East Region. Let's keep it rolling, baby. We got the one seed, Michigan Wolverines, taking on the eight seed, LSU Tigers. Again, I've told you at the top, I think Michigan's a little vulnerable without Isaiah Livers. I really think they are. But keep in mind, LSU, I told you, heavy ISO team. They, they run more isolations than any other team in the, in, in the field. They want to drive it into the paint. Well, Michigan... Third best two-point field goal percentage defense in the country. It is hard to get into the paint and score at the rim against them. I think Dickinson has a big game on both offense and defense. I'm going to take Michigan, even though they're vulnerable, in a close one to go to the Sweet 16. The 4-5 matchup. Four, four seed, Florida State. Five seed, Colorado. You look at this, the Buffs, Colorado's number two in the country in free throw percentage, which could bode well in a close game. But Florida State, again, I told you, they're long, they're athletic, they're the tallest team in the country, they're tough at the rim. So I think I think they're going to be able to defend the paint and defend the rim without fouling and putting Colorado at the line. Plus, Florida State shoots 39% from three as a team. It's the nice best in the country. They can shoot it. I got Florida State. Moving on to the other second-round games, number three seed Texas Longhorns against Michigan State. This is where I think Michigan State's uncertainty at the point guard spot and average play at that position throughout the entire season is going to catch up to them. I've done – I did a Zoom call with Izzo in December. I did a Zoom call – two Zoom calls with him in January, and he always talked about the point guard spot. We need to figure that out. I don't know who he got at the point guard. They don't have a pure point guard on the roster. roster, They're just not great there. I think that's where – it's ultimately going to hold them back. Texas is excellent in the backcourt. That's going to be a difference in the game. I got Texas moving on. The two seed Bama versus UConn. Maybe my favorite game in this bracket. Amazing contrast in styles. And again, I got to preface it all again for UConn. RJ Cole's status is really important. Their point guard. He is super important because he's the best scorer outside of book night and they need help offensively. But man... Think about, think about the contrast of styles here. Bama, they play fast and take a lot of threes. 47% of their field goal attempts are threes. That's a ton. Well, if there's a team built to slow the game down and take away threes, it's UConn. We talk about it all the time. People can roll their eyes at this. The NCAA tournament is about matchups. This is a bad matchup for Alabama. Maybe the worst matchup they could have, they could have drawn. I mean... Think about it. Creighton is built similarly to Bama in that Creighton wants to play fast and shoot a lot of threes. Well, UConn has played Creighton three times and been able to totally slow the game down and take away threes. I mean, the game was in the 50s in the Big East Tournament semifinals. So I think we got an upset brewing here. And I know that's crazy because everybody's chugging the Bama Kool-Aid. But I think UConn's going to be able to slow Alabama down. I think UConn forces Bama into being a two-point shooting team instead of a three-point shooting team. I think UConn upsets Alabama. Again, let me preface it again. R.J. Cole's status is huge. 
But I just think a, a style matchup standpoint is a bad matchup for Bama. So I'm going to say UConn makes a little run here. Okay, Sweet 16 matchup in the East region. Got the one seed, Michigan Wolverines, versus the Florida State Seminoles, the four seed. Maybe Isaiah Livers is back. Who knows? I'm not sure what to read into that. That would be huge because they will need Livers deeper into this tournament. But, man, this game's going to be rated R and a heavyweight battle because Florida State's got the size to bother Hunter Dickinson. But this is where your conference can prepare you for certain things. This is where the the Big Ten will have Hunter Dickinson and Michigan ready for the size and length of Florida State. I mean, think about, I mean, every night in the in the Big Ten, you're dealing with a good front line and a good center. From Luca Garza to Kofi Coburn to Trace Jackson Davis to Travion Williams, on and on and on. Every night. Because of that, I think it's a close game. I think it's a really good game. I'm going to pick Michigan to move on in a close one because I think Dickinson's going to be the difference and be up to the challenge. I'll take Michigan. The other Sweet 16 game, Texas and UConn. Interesting matchup, man. you got to be able to guard Texas's backcourt, which UConn can. How about this? Texas sets 34 ball screens a game. No other high major team sets more than 30 a game. So... You're going to see a million ball screens when you play Texas. But here's the thing. UConn can just switch a lot of those, which could slow Texas down. So I think, again, matchups, man. Matchups. I think James Booknight also is someone I haven't probably talked about enough with, with UConn. This guy's a pro. He had 40 on Creighton earlier this year. He can really score. I think UConn's defense combined with Booknight's scoring lifts UConn past Texas. Again, R.J. Cole's status, something to monitor. If he's out, that might change how I feel about some of this stuff. But I just, I think stylistically, Bama and Texas are running into some bad matchup against UConn. I think UConn marches to the Elite Eight and makes a little run. Okay, so here we go. Elite Eight East Region Regional Final here. One seed, Michigan Wolverines. Seven seed, UConn. I'm really scared to hitch my wagon to both these teams because of injuries. You know, like I, this is probably the, the region I'm the least comfortable with because the teams that I like have have critical injuries and in livers and then R.J. Cole potentially here. And I'm really f- afraid to hitch my wagon to Michigan and go to the Final Four with the livers injury. But I just, I don't love any other team to knock them off. I don't love LSU to beat them. I don't love Florida State to beat them. Both those games will be good games, and UConn will be a tough game for them too, but I believe in this Michigan team. There's some, I, I, the moment I started watching them on film and then being able to watch them in person, I watched them beat Nebraska and Lincoln, and I had them beating Rutgers in Ann Arbor. I sat courtside. I, I, there's that, whatever that it, that special it quality is you see in elite teams, they got it. Like There's some intangible feeling permeating that's palpable with that team. And again, maybe Isaiah Livers rejoins the team. Who knows? The name to remember, though, for Michigan is Shondi Brown with Livers being out. The Wake Forest transfer has to have a big tournament in that Isaiah Livers void. He's a 1,000-point scorer in his career, and the dude is a junkyard dog, tough-ass dude. He He can score. He can defend. He is important now. They also have a great point guard, Mike Smith, who really runs the show. And, you know, Franz Wagner, 
way bigger than you think in person. 6'9", long, great defensively. Eli Brooks played a lot of basketball. He's played over, gosh, 120 games in his career, 115 games, whatever it is, at, at Michigan. They're experienced. Juwan Howard's done a great job. Again, I get nervous because of the liver's injury. But I'm going to ride with the, with, with the Wolverines, man. I got Michigan winning the East region and going to the Final Four. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheap Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.